This NBA season, make every three-pointer, alley-oop, and buzzer beater even more exciting with FanDuel. You can bet on everything from first baskets and number of dunks to which player will drain the most threes. Or stack your bets with the same-game parlay for a shot to win even bigger. It's quick, easy, and you'll get your winnings fast. So download the app today and see why we're North America's number one sportsbook. Make every moment more with FanDuel. 19 plus and physically located in Ontario. Gambling problem? Call 1-866-531-2600 or visit connectsontario.ca. Nobody builds 5G like Verizon builds 5G. Because we're the engineers who built the most reliable network in America. And the more you do with 5G, the more building it right matters. The more your network matters. The more Verizon engineers going the extra mile matters. It's us pushing us. It's Verizon versus Verizon. 5G built right from America's most reliable network. Most reliable based on rankings from RootMetric's second half 2020 U.S. report of three mobile networks. Results may vary. Award is not an endorsement. Everyone needs more vacation, right? The new United Gateway card knows how to take you away with great travel rewards and no annual fee, ever. The wait for vacation is over. Tap now or visit unitedgatewaycard.com to apply. The available AKG 36 speaker sound system in the Cadillac Escalade provides 360-degree sound, so you hear studio sound on the road. The 2021 Cadillac Escalade. Never stop arriving. Here's the scenario. You're injured in a collision and your insurance company is denying your claim. It happens far too often. If it happens to you, call me, Brian Goldfinger of Goldfinger Personal Injury Law. My team and I work for people just like you. We don't accept cases on behalf of insurance companies, so you and your family can make sure that you're in good hands. Visit goldfingerlaw.com and get us working for you. Get Goldfinger today. You know what I want. Hello and welcome to the Raptors Reaction Podcast. I'm your host, Samson Folk, and today you're joining me after the Raptors win, the first win in Boston in some time, I think in the past two or three years, there hasn't been one, so this goes way back, and they beat them 113 to 97, a great game overall, a lot of fun things to see in this one, a great performance from guys like O'Shea Brissett, Patrick McCaw as well, stepping into the fray for the first time, it seems like this season. Really interesting stuff happening tonight with the Raptors being able to shut down a lot of the Celtics' action. Whereas when they played on Christmas, they seemed to kind of be a, at the whim of what the Celtics wanted to do. The Celtics getting a lot of defensive penetration, getting downhill, making good playmaking decisions from right there. And the Raptors, like I said, at the whim of what they wanted to do. And that was a problem. But in this game, the Raptors, they dictated the pace. They were in control, and that started from the outset. Much like the Christmas game did where the Raptors, they jumped out to that 10 nothing lead, I think. But in this game, more sustainable. The Raptors jumped out to a quick lead. Patrick McCaw starting things off, getting to the rim on occasion, backdoor cuts. The ball isn't sticking in his hand, so the Celtics can't use his negative spacing against him. He's active. He's moving around. And so that was great to see. And the Raptors, as a whole, looked good doing that. The Celtics not able to get all these extra possessions on the other end by obviously getting a lot of offensive rebounding. Nick Nurse, the first decision he made in this game besides the starting lineup was to pull Ibaka early within four minutes, put Boucher out there so that Ibaka could get a rest and then be out there for when Cantor comes back in. 
Obviously, Cantor, everybody knows what he's like league-wide, and Boucher is not the ideal matchup for him, so get Ibaka a bit of a breather, bring him back in to bang around with Cantor in the paint, and that, the Raptors, that paid huge dividends to what they were trying to do in the game. It pretty much erased Cantor for large parts of the game, and that's a credit to Ibaka and a credit to Nurse for recognizing that that was one of the swing points of the game and making the correct decision on that. Boucher playing good against Tice, playing good against the smaller Celtics team, and providing a very active role threat to the rim in the pick and roll, which provided Kyle Lowry with tons more options to make decisions with as far as manipulating the Celtics defense because you have Boucher running into the heart of it, streaking to the rim. Is he going to get the pass, or is Lowry going to feign the pass, fake it, and then see how the Celtics defense reacts and see what breakdowns come from there? It was just a really good decision the Raptors players playing well around that as well. Serge Ibaka, when he wasn't, you know, denying Cantor the the room on the inside defensively, I thought he was doing a great job scoring on the short roll on offense and getting after it on the offensive glass, putting a lot of pressure on the back end of the Celtics defense. The Raptors just overall a great game, and that was highlighted by a lot of signature performances. Kyle Lowry, Patrick McCaw, Serge Ibaka, O'Shea Brissett, Chris Boucher, just and by the way, this wasn't a typical Chris Boucher comes in and stacks the stat sheet because he does do that a lot. But this was a really impressive game from Boucher. So I really liked his performance in this one. And But oddly enough, going into the second quarter, this game got really funky, really quick. This The first half ended with the Celtics at 8 fouls and the Raptors at 17. And that was very strange. And we had Rondé Hollis-Jefferson... And OG Ananobi foul out in a combined 33 minutes, I think, which is pretty nuts. And they both got to six fouls. They both fouled out of the game, which was disappointing, especially for OG Ananobi, because this seemed like it might have been a slump buster game. He was doing pretty well, I thought. The Raptors were doing well with him in. He was playing well off of Lowry, etc. But, you know, he got so many fouls on the defensive end, that, and he had a, an offensive foul as well, that he just couldn't stay in the game. And that was... Maybe a little bit representative of his play, maybe, but the refing was quite wild in this one, and that made the second quarter a huge slog. You really, you couldn't tell what was going on in the game. The Celtics were getting back into it, but it seemed like it was aided by the whistle, and as you, everybody listening knows, I'm not a big ref talk guy, but evidenced by how the Raptors pulled away in this one, the Raptors were the better team the whole game, but when the Celtics were getting closer, it did seem heavily influenced by the whistle I would say and so the Celtics they they got pretty close before halftime Kemba Walker he hit a big three to uh to close things out they were within five the Celtics after the Raptors were up 11 to end the first quarter and luckily some of that sorted itself out the Raptors were able to get away from all of that foul heavy play that was yes influenced by how they were playing but the refs this was a confusing game definitely the Raptors just really picked up the pace, started to play at a speed that was complementary to how they wanted to play, and they started passing the ball. The Celtics couldn't create a lot of assists in this one. The Raptors' defense, really, really good disciplinary defense, not overhelping, and when they did help, they made sure that the Boston player was in a tough position so that the odds of them creating a turnover was higher than them creating a breakdown of their own defense. The back end of the defense was really good tonight. You could even just think of one play where the Raptors switch to come over and help. Terrence Davis switches to the guy two spots over 
and I believe it was McCaw comes up one. And that's, you know, that's the back end of defense that you teach so that the back end is moving, but you have a guy moving to the back end so that he can chase a ball that would be thrown over the top and he'll be in prime position to shade to the baseline. You have the other guy moving up instead of backwards in the defense to close out above the break so that he can push him, you know, to the sideline. All these things really helpful in a defense and they're the small things that matter. And with the Raptors switching so often and having so much chaos going on in their defense, being able to control that chaos and wield it so that it's advantageous for them is such a big thing for what they want to do. And that's just something the Raptors need to keep doing. Those are the details that they need to keep paying attention to. And that was a big part of what fueled their run was being able to lock down the Celtics, being able to lock down their own end, getting on the defensive glass. And then on the other side of things, having Ibaka on the short roll to score and make sure that the Celtics can't keep pace. Having Kyle Lowry bombing triples on them. Anytime they thought they could get close, Lowry ended up hitting I think five triples tonight. Fred came on really strong at the end, started hitting from downtown. Whereas in the first half, we saw a guy who was really being leaned on to create in the half court and was really forcing drives to the rim, getting blocked, having to jump, pass out of the air. He's overcommitting. And the Celtics trying to run off of the turnovers that they create off of that. The Raptors basically not helping themselves in that regard. But later on, Fred adjusting his game, playing more off of guys like Kyle Lowry instead of by himself, and doing really well at that. That's how Fred came up with the Raptors and why he was such a sought-after piece is because of his ability to play off of a guard like Kyle Lowry, his ability to be a fantastic spot-up shooter. So adding in four triples on nine attempts from Fred on a night like tonight is a huge boon for the Raptors and something that they'll just want to keep doing, something that they never want to lose in their offense, and something that Fred should never, ever go away from. That should always be a part of his game. And he was able to return to that tonight after struggling initially. But maybe most importantly, we see a guy like O'Shea Brissett, who steps into the fray because you have Rondé Hoss Jefferson fouled out. You have OG Ananobi fouled out. And it becomes a necessity to have him on the squad and ready to go. And what he does is he creates extra opportunities for the Raptors offense. He defends like hell. He's really giving Jason Tatum a tough time. Jalen Brown as well. Being able to switch up top of the defense, kind of like a la Pascal Siakam. Really important for what the Raptors want to do. And save them a lot of action on the back end. Really big progressions for O'Shea Brissett. And being able to get to the rim a little bit on offense. The the jumper wasn't really going, but that's okay. We're not asking for everything all at once. But rebounding, hustle, and defense, those are things that do translate pretty well from the G League to the NBA. So seeing him step through and bring that was really, really encouraging. And, you know, he's from Mississauga. He's from that part of Canada. He's going to be loved by the team. And, you know, Toronto, they love, they love hustle players. And that's, the Raptors will always latch on to guys like that. And there's a reason why Nick Nurse was asking his players at the start of the year to be that and say that we're going to create moments on offense and you'll be able to take advantage of them. Just come in and defend, bring us your hustle. And O'Shea Brissett, he embodied that ethos. He completely got after it in that one. And I was really happy to see how he played. It was really cool to see. And just to highlight Patrick McCall once again, his ancillary playmaking was fantastic. His downhill decision-making was really good. It's He had a really dynamic dribble tonight which isn't something we're used to seeing from him very often, but it's definitely a welcome addition 
That's one of the things that a lot of players in the league think of a guy like Evan Turner, who has a similar body type to Patrick McCaw. He's a bit thicker. He's a bit taller. But he's a guy who is an active defender. He's a limited shooter. And he just has to. He has to get to the rim. Those guys usually have a better dribble package. So Patrick McCaw being able to negotiate and mediate the in-between space with his dribble to keep it alive so that he has a bunch of avenues in front of him really paid dividends in this game. And that was a big deal that he brought that. And the Raptors really needed it. It allowed Kyle Lowry to to make a killing while relocating and to be active off ball and to attack closeouts and shoot triples. It was just a really big thing for the Raptors. And that that helped them pull away, and that's what got them to 113.97. That's what had them winning in Boston Garden, TD Garden. Overall, just a wonderfully impressive and encouraging game from the Raptors against a good team. This Celtics team is really, really good, and the Raptors were able to stymie them at every turn in this one. It would have been nice if this performance came on Christmas, of course. That would have been really, really nice, and especially for a guy like O'Shea Brissett to have this type of cr- game on Christmas in Toronto in front of in front of family and friends. Would that have been cool? Yes. But the Raptors, they did it tonight. A win now is worth the exact same amount as a win on Christmas. Happy to grab this one. A lot of people, I did a show switching screens with Anthony Doyle and Joshua Howe earlier today. They asked me who I thought was going to win tonight. I thought the Celtics were going to win tonight, and I said I'd be very happy to be wrong, which I was. And yeah, I just, terrific game to watch. I enjoyed it a lot. The Reggie Evans Award for the first time going to Patrick McCaw. I think he had 18, 7, and 8. Being able to come back and help out on the glass is a really big deal for the Raptors who have been looking for guys to help in that capacity for some time now. It's the reason why you see guys like OG and Kyle able to get to double-digit rebounds randomly because there are holes in the Raptors' defensive rebounding, and if guys really want to get after it, they can. So having McCaw be conscientious of that, help out on the defensive glass, get to seven get to seven boards, get to eight assists on the offensive end, passing the ball, making sure it doesn't stick in his hands. If he's going to shoot, he takes it right away. If he's going to put it on the floor, puts it on the floor right away. He's not letting the defense get back to its resting state so that he has to attack a resting defense, a set defense. He's attacking a defense that has motion in it. He's making good decisions while doing that. And his defense. I mean, he, there are a couple times that, yes, he does not navigate screens so well. But he is an active defender. He gets after it. And, you know, if we're looking at a guy who suddenly went from doing nothing on the Christmas Day game in 32 minutes, and I mean nothing, suddenly a guy who has 18-7-8, the 8 being assists, maybe there are other meaningful progressions and steps in his game that we're just waiting to see. But I, I loved his I loved his game in this one. It was really nice to see. The top quick reaction comment from AC Earl. 5 on 8, no problem. Down 3 of our top 7, no problem. On the road, no problem. Celtics at full health, no problem. Two starters foul out, no problem. This was a great team win. I jumped off the couch after Kyle's second made three in the fourth quarter and yelled at my family, Kyle Lowry is a Raptor. They understood. Yeah, there is so much of what happens in the Raptors. And this is my favorite part of the Raptors fandom is when people latch on to Kyle Lowry because this is one of the biggest parts of my fandom. And it's a callback to the first winning era of the Raptors basketball that I got to experience as a dedicated fan, I should say. I wasn't old enough to really, really care about Vince's Raptors. 
and Chris Bosch's Raptors, I don't think that counts as a winning era. There just wasn't enough going on. So Kyle Lowry, for me, is the first experience I've ever had in that. He is my point guard, and I love to see him appreciated like this, and as he should be. So AC Earl, I think you're right on there. And uh, yeah, I completely agree with you. However, though, this is the end of the podcast. For whoever is listening, whether you're getting into this in the morning or at night, have a blessed day. Go Raptors. And... Goodbye. Need an extra hand with dinner? Just ask your connected home device to fill your pasta pot, and Delta Faucet Voice IQ technology will fill it with the perfect amount of water. Visit deltafaucet.com slash voice IQ to discover more. Everyone needs more vacation, right? The new United Gateway card knows how to take you away with great travel rewards and no annual fee, ever. The wait for vacation is over. Tap now or visit unitedgatewaycard.com to apply. Nobody builds 5G like Verizon builds 5G because we're the engineers who built the most reliable network in America. And the more you do with 5G, the more building it right matters. The more your network matters. The more Verizon engineers going the extra mile matters. It's us pushing us. It's Verizon versus Verizon. 5G built right from America's most reliable network. Most reliable based on rankings from Metrics second half 2020 U.S. reported three mobile networks. Results may vary. Award is not an endorsement.